Welcome to another Independence Public Library oral history interview. I'm Jim Fisher, and it is my great pleasure to uh, have this conversation with uh, Mr. Robert Wesley, a lifetime uh, citizen of Independence, Kansas, who, as we speak, I think is still awaiting birthday 89, is that right? Birthday 89. That'll be uh, just uh, days from now. Yeah. And uh, I have, uh, I was going to say I've known Bob Wesley all my life, but that's not quite true. He's known me all my life <laughs> because uh, he lived at the other end of uh, South Cement Street in Independence, Kansas, and uh, I was uh, on the, the other end of uh, Cement Street, and I became aware of, of you and your family as, as I grew up, and uh, like I say, you, you were sort of aware of me from mm -hmm. before I was aware of most stuff in the world. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, and luckily enough, again, I never got to know you well enough when I lived on Cement Street, but luckily enough, I, I fell into um, a friendship with you, and I don't know exactly how it happened, but I've always been, uh, I, I can't use the word blessed, but I've always been extremely fortunate that I did fall into that uh, relationship where I could uh, call Robert Wesley a friend. We talked uh, the other day, and I took some notes, and I'll bet I ignore almost all of them as we, <laughs> as we have this conversation. But uh, our, our theme, and, and I forced this on you and you went along with it, was uh, growing up black in Independence, Kansas. Because obviously you did, and obviously you did a spectacular job of growing up black in Independence, Kansas, because Robert Wesley is one of the people who helped Independence, Kansas grow up with blacks. You were um, born on, on Cement Street. On Cement Street, I, I, yeah. 721 South Cement Street. There you go. I would like to say I was up, up the block at 705. <laughs> and and uh, so you had uh, experience. This was, uh, well, we're not, we'll not even talk about how long ago that was. But a good long while ago, when Independence, Kansas was a good deal different Yes. than it is now for a person growing up black in our town. Um, I, I'll take just one moment here to, to ring my own bell for just a minute because I always consider it um, one of the very good fortunes of my life that I was born on South Cement Street in Independence, Kansas, because I learned without anybody having to teach me that black people were people. Yep that uh, Hispanic people were people. Yeah. I went to the Catholic school here, and so I was exposed to the Hispanic culture quite a bit. And so I didn't, I never really had to, to face that. I never had to face with black people, with those people. Yeah. You know, black kid across the alley was a kid I played with. You know, we you know, shot our little cap guns and all that sort of sure. stuff. And it's, it was a great gift to me, you know. And like I say, meeting you later on in life was, was a, a great gift as well. So let's talk about, stop talking about Fisher and start talking about Robert Wesley. Childhood, uh, just a brief touch on childhood in Independence, Kansas. Number Any? one, Jim, uh, I was a part of a large family. Uh, How large was it, he said? My, my family history 
begins for me in Independence, Kansas, mm-hmm. because my parents, my dad especially, was not in Independence, Kansas. He came to Independence, Kansas from the Texas area. Hmm. And so um, the history even behind that, I knew nothing about it because Dad, and and as far as I can remember now, all these years later, Dad didn't talk too much about uh, Texas at all. He, he he didn't he didn't uh, it wasn't so impressed him to say anything about it because he just didn't think mm-hmm. uh, it was a big thing anyway. And so we grew up in Independence, Kansas. My dad had in his family the weird noises the, is our our technician re- rearranging the microphone. My so. dad in Independence, Kansas. All of his family history, that was a big family. Hmm. Uh, my dad had 16 brothers and sisters. Wowzers. And uh, my grandma, uh, whom I did not know, took care of my dad, his brothers and sisters, and all those people. There was just a different lifestyle that... I find it difficult to explain to my kids because my kids were, of course, in a different generation Mm -hmm. and they were just concerned about what they were doing, as all kids are. Praise be. You You know know what I mean? So so what what good would it do to tell them about what happened in Texas? My granddad, Uh we didn't do that. So subsequently, now, as I reflect on it, I can only tell you what I remember Mm -hmm. of the things that happened in Independence, Kansas, because that's where my knowledge goes. Absolutely. And I think about about my my elementary school days, and and I had some, some really some lovely teachers because... They were just teachers, as far mm-hmm. as we knew, and they did their job. And that was a different thing also, because you didn't talk what we talk today in history. We didn't talk race, R-A-C-E. Mm-hmm. We talked people. Yeah. And that was one of the things that it's a familiar area of conversation with me right now. It's because my life sort of drove me in to those things without me even knowing it. Yeah. So my, my, my teacher, my first grade teacher's name was Ida Gansel. Hmm. Mrs. Gansel was, uh, uh, and, and up to the day she died, she was really one of my favorite people because I knew her all my life. Yeah. Not part of it, all of my life. She had a history of family also in Independence. She had sisters, and you know, she had the idea. His her parents were were uh, educated, and so was Miss Hansel and her sister Rachel. Hmm. And all these things happened during my lifetime 
because then on came the Pearl Harbor uh. and changed the history for Independence, Kansas, and people. In what way? Just to that, how, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take you back to your school days in a moment, right, but just right. go a little see, bit on that Pearl Harbor. Well, well, during that time, what we did was survive, number one. And so at, I can tell you that at five years old, I can remember delivering papers. Uh-huh. You know, I can remember that. I can remember when when I, I I carried the Wichita paper, Wichita Eagle. I can remember doing that because that was during the time that the uh, Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. Mm -hmm. I can remember that huh. because those times everybody in our area where I lived, Aganippi Park, we mm -hmm. called it. Everybody had radios. Uh huh. So on the radio, you heard all this famous news that you hear about now nowadays, but you heard that on the radio. Yeah. And that's where I learned that there were other people doing some things, because in our home we had one radio. Uh huh. You know. Now. My kids, they they thought that was bizarre anyway. They, they, you know, <laughs> one radio, and I said, not not a big radio like you, just a little radio. Ah. So you 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 grew up with that, and that's what you had. That's what we had. Now, pretty soon, as my memory allows me, we had electricity. Ah. Now, you see, uh, lots of people in Independence, the area that I was born in, mm -hmm. uh, lots of those people did not have electricity. Really? Wow. You see? So I knew when, when you were born, that was a nice home that you were born in, in the block where I was also born in that block. Yeah. And people were doing fairly well because, number one, we had the Universal Atlas Cement Plant just east of us. Mm -hmm. And that allowed my dad to be employed during 1929. Uh -huh. Lots of people were not employed during the Depression years. Mm -hmm. And and again, kind of back to where we're sure. where we're talking today. Sure, sure. Uh, lots of black people. Really? Oh, yeah. Didn't have, oh, yeah. Well, that, didn't, didn't have that. We, we just sort of didn't didn't mention that because <laughs> because all we had in the area at the time that we knew of mm -hmm. were black people. Right. It, didn't call those Fisher black family people, ruined that. Called those colored people, colored people, not not black people. We didn't have all the conversation that we have now, but we had people. Mm -hmm. Now, all these colored people were not allowed to go downtown during those days. Mm -hmm. There were no such thing as cars for people, <laughs> you know. But when you did go downtown, you walked. 
And so what we learned was you take each day that God allowed us to be here and do the best thing that you knew how to do. Education was a big part of that. Let me, let me kind of focus on, on uh, education, because you mentioned you know, growing up, your uh, grade school teachers and stuff like that. Independence did not have uh, separate educational facilities, no. per se, and, and some communities, no. our, our neighbors to the south did. No. You know, there were black and white schools. Independence had, uh, as you told me the other day, had one school that was sort of just by its very nature segregated and white because it was in that part of the sure. town, you sure. know, in the, the north part of the town. Exactly. But uh, so, again, we, we did have integrated schools. We had integrated schools. And it, true, it was known then, and I can still remember such a thing as that, the teachers were very, very common. They really liked the kids that they were teaching. Hmm. Just that simple. Uh, they had the thing that we have to fight now, um, abuse and this type of thing. You didn't have that, really. Nobody and, running around with guns shooting no, kids. No, you, did, you didn't no. have that. You, 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 you had to, according to your parents, and my parents were that way, they respected the teachers that taught us. We had to give that same respect to the teachers teaching us. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a problem with the thing that we see today. Now, when we had a problem, if we had one, that was all settled in our homes. That was not settled in board meetings. It was not that. You know, you, you learned all those things as you went along, but that was not the problem. You learned that in, at home because the teachers were at school, we were at home, and you respected those teachers because they were in charge. Yeah. They were really in charge. And the parents backed them. You know, full and the, tilt. The, the, the parents really, that was the name of the game. So, what are we saying, really, Jim? We're, we're saying that uh, respect starts at home. Yeah. yeah. You know, it does start. Right. And, and we don't want to paint too rosy a picture. No. Again, independence, the, the grade schools, uh, well, the schools were not segregated. No. Except one sort of by definition. But um, it wasn't all roses either for, no, you see, for the black students. See, see, one, of the, one of the things that you really have to take into consideration right now is that no, it was not like we talk things today. It was not that way. There was a knowledge of that you were colored and your teacher Which was Which was white. the polite way to yeah, say yeah, it in yeah, those yeah, days, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Your, your teacher was white. Mm -hmm. Now that was one thing. However, my dad's brothers and sisters were still colored and the idea of that situation was that my dad's sisters had gotten educated also. It was just that they were colored and the whites were white, and there was no combination of the two. Right. You learned that 
early on because you didn't have any other thing to learn from early on, colored and white. Now, when you really got to a place where you knew what that was all about, you found out that because you were colored, the thing downtown in Independence did not belong to you. It belonged to those mm-hmm. people. How do you separate that? That's a problem that has existed since the day I was born on April 8, 1929. That's a problem today, April 8, 2018. Just a few years ago, we had a series of sort of community meetings about race. Yes. And... um, for some reason, that, that sort of didn't last a long time. But one of the things that, that really hit me right, right between the eyes, and this, like I say, was just a couple of years ago, was a woman who gave a little presentation on the spot on shopping while black. Uh-huh. And uh, it's the kind of thing, you know, we, we, we become unfortunately familiar with the term, you know, driving while black. Black yeah. people do tend to get stopped by the cops. And she said when she goes into a store, very often that she will have lots of attention from the people who work there. They will even follow her around. Can I help you? Can I help you? Can I help you? And although they say that, what they're saying by being there is, are you shoplifting? Are you shoplifting? Yeah. <laughs> you know, shopping while black. Sure. Is a, you know, and and a, there a we are thing. again. Right. You know, my, my uh, children have had to learn what that means. Now, we, we, we say we don't begin teaching children these things. You don't have to say that because that's what you do. The world teaches you, doesn't you know, it? You know, you, you have to say what's going on. Uh, I have not had that problem in my personal family. Uh, we had been told from very early on, you don't steal. It's not yours. You bring nothing home that belongs to somebody else. Mm -hmm. We learned that. You don't steal. And you can't be trusted. That's another term that today has significant problems because the word trust is involved in our getting along even now. Mm-hmm. So you don't steal. So that means that you ask for certain things. Yeah. That's part of the life that we have taught our children to do even today. Partly out of necessity yes. and partly out of yes. honor to your yeah, children. Yeah, I mean, yeah, do, do you, you know, have you, to do you, that you, because because you don't you don't you have no other choice. Because if you don't trust what you're doing, nothing gets done. My kids, even today, realize that if you don't have it, obviously you don't need it. (laughs) 
that's what we are. And and I think that uh, I have one of my one of my grandchildren um, is is a fairly successful right now, and she deals with people mixed, and that is a real big thing in today's world. Yeah, yeah. You know, so what am I saying? It started out in Independence, all right. But you knew the difference because you could go down. I, when I would go downtown to go to the movie theater, to go to the show, it didn't cost you but a dime probably. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't sit where the white people sat. I had to sit in the attic area right. of the building. Now, wait a minute, they say, that's not, uh, well, but that's exactly what life was. Mm -hmm. You sat in the area that was designated for you to be in. Right. Now, things happened over the years as we grew and grew and grew, that because I was born in a mixed school area, Mm -hmm. I had a lot of friends. Yeah. Now, some of my friends happened to be white. Now, but they were my friends. Mm-hmm. One of the things that always triggered things for them was they couldn't understand why they were having to, let, to sit in another part of the building and we had to sit in a different part of the building. Right. Let, let me take, you, you mentioned, you know, again, your, your experiences in, in the grade school were were basically quite positive, although yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, lines yeah. were drawn. But, uh, you know, in fairness to the independence, uh, well, in fairness to our hometown, it wasn't all that way. By the time yeah. you got to um, out of the grade school and into the middle school, there were lines drawn. Certainly. Musical lines drawn, Certainly, right? Yeah, definitely. There were no black kids in the junior high band. No. And especially no black kids in the junior high marching band. No. Until Robert Wesley came along. That's what the story was. <laughs> but I had friends in the band. Yeah. That was a big thing because my family at the time were always workers and they always worked with, to, somebody. And so that made it so that we also mixed with certain people. We had good friends. Yeah. They just happened to be white. Now, one of the problems that happened during my lifetime was that my mother had some friends in the area where we lived. They were just people, but they happened to be white. And they had kids, too. Now, some of those kids became friends to us because their mother was a friend of our mother. Mm-hmm. And it just so happened that at that time in my life, my mother had a severe stroke, oh. which caused it for her not to be able to do some things for me. Yeah. I was the youngest in my family. She couldn't take me certain thing, places because she wasn't able to do it. So her friend came from 
her house to our house because she was my mother's friend. Hmm. And she told my mother, we don't worry about that because I will take Robert with me and my boy so you don't have to worry about not being able to go there. That really happened in the life that I'm talking about, and that's how it did happen. The lady, my mother's friend, took me with her and her boy to different things where we were a part of, uh-huh. and her happen, her name happened to be Tressa, and my, my mother's name was Tessa. <laughs> So there were there were there were some things going on there too, because those people are one colored and one white. They were friends. It had nothing to do with the political structure of Independence, Kansas. Mm-hmm. Now, under Independence is, is is just what it is today, because people make the difference in our livelihood. That happened in the lives of Robert Wesley and his friends because we had a lot to do with changing the policy of how people felt about people. And we didn't do that marching down the street. Yeah. We did that because we were just friends going to the same school. And we did that. I say all those things because a lot of times we overlook that and we get the idea going here that but they they, they didn't they had no 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 black teachers I said but but you again you're not doing that correctly because the word was not used black people it was colored people at Mm. that time does it make a difference of course it does Because the only way you can distinguish how you treat colored people is that you have to have a manner of treating colored people. Now, if you don't have those people in your home, there's a difference there. And we've seen those things happen, and we've seen them happen positively because, you know, one one of my closest friends who died four or five years ago, one of my closest friends happened to be the guy that we talked about his mother taking me. Hmm. It just happened that he and I grew up sort of like brothers because we were always together. Did that make a difference? It sure did. Hmm. It made a difference because even, even as I went through life, his mother stayed fairly close to me, as did he. And when he died at 77 years old, the person who utilized his service was his friend. I did. Yeah. Did you sing? I had the whole program. Uh-huh. I, I got the minister who was in charge, in Potts Funeral Home, because actually Bo's minister was not working in independent full time, and 
he was not here. But with his assurance that he's okay with it and all that, I brought in a black minister, huh? colored minister, for Ed's service. Yeah. That minister's still here today. Cool. And what we did was we, we, we loaded the pot funeral home with people had nothing to do with color. Yeah. It had to do with friends. And so those things, you know, you can, you can cut it any way you want to, but it happened, and that same lady called the governor of the state. Since I was a part of that organization in Topeka, hmm. she called the governor because she knew the governor. And the governor told me, we opened an office in Dodge City, Kansas, way back there years ago. And she said, Robert, I want to talk to you uh, sometime <laughs> after we finish this thing. And I said, okay. So she said, do you know I had a call? And she told me what it was. And I kind of laughed because I already knew that. And she said, I had a call from one of my friends who told me, instructed me what not to do. And she says... And I had to let my friend know that that's not the way we do that. We, we, but it was an interesting thing because it said she was concerned that, that there might be some difference in the handling of her appointments if she knew the people. Yeah. And you know, that just happened to me during that time that I had served, and I had served on that committee for several years. My reason for mentioning that is, the governor said to me, wouldn't it be nice if we could all do that? She was the governor of the state of Kansas. This, the, the, the body you were serving on at the time, the state? Was the state Civil Rights Commission. Civil Rights Commission. Yes, and, and so I, was the, I was the chair of that for four years. And... Um, questions were asked, how did you do that? I don't know. We, we, we did that. And, and found out that it exists all over this country. And many things that we did from the Topeka capital were really, really fantastic because it's noted today. Some of my very, very best friends that I've had in life were parts of those different organizations that I was part of. And I only use that because you find people are the same no matter what their background is, no matter what their, and this person happened to be black. You just don't worry about that yeah. because he can, there's kids who are able to go to Kansas State, Manhattan, on scholarship funds with this gentleman's name today. He was that popular yeah. in the state of Kansas. My point for saying that is because people are still being educated because those things are happening. It just happens that when you're not a part of that organization, sometimes we don't look at that. And we've seen those things happen over the years. This was the Civil Rights Commission? Yes. Did that later grow into the Human Rights Commission? That, or was that... We changed the name after okay. I was a part of that organization. Okay. When I first went into that organization, it was called the Civil Rights Commission. Okay. 
We changed it to human rights. We changed that. And, and when that changed, in, in effect, again, from our conversation the other day, it's my yeah. understanding that, that you were the, the first chair of the Human Rights Commission. I was one of the first. Okay. Yes, right. yes. Yeah. The person that uh, really um, instructed me and all those things, he was one of my very best people. He, he was very, very uh, supportive of teaching me how to do some things, and that was a good thing. Well, okay, we, we've got you into the heavy world of, of politics now, and I'm, I'm going to take you back again, take you back again. We, we got you out of uh, the grade schools and, and into the, the junior high. You became, again, the first black uh, player in the junior high orchestra and marching band. Was that, what was that process? I mean, did you have to... Uh, the, the, real, the real, prob real thing about that was, uh, no, I was just happened to be in that particular spot because one of the families of the people that I grew up with, their son was also in the, the band, uh -huh. but he was not allowed to march in the band. He was in the band, uh -huh. but he, according to political things, he could not march because he was colored yeah. in the band. It happened that I was able to. Now, a lot of were things, you that good? Uh, I mean, was no, you was your trumpet that high? I had a lot of friends, <laughs> and and the idea was that the friends went to school in in the band with with with, with me, and they couldn't understand why there was such a difference that I couldn't march with them. What was going on? The, so there really was no outstanding reasons for that to be, yeah. but it was. All right. In our conversation the other day, when again I we sort of went through a lot of this stuff, you know, just slam bang because you've done so bloody many things in your life, you know, that uh, I I I was just continually amazed by all that sort of stuff. That so the, the the getting into the band was not a highly dramatic thing, but you also were were instrumental in integrating the junior high cafeteria. Yes, we had and fun was, with that. Was, was that a that was dicier a part, thing? That was a part of the self same thing. The same friends who who had the idea in mind that why we weren't, what was such a big deal about us not marching in the band? They couldn't understand that. But it really came to about when, we, when they wanted me to go to lunch with them, and I said, I can't go. Uh. Well, why can't you go? Why did you want to go? But we can't do that because they can't serve me there. Once again, here's a boy's mother, who was my mother's friend, who took me with her boy. When I was in the band, she took me with the band on Friday night. During those days, we had football practices and all those things on, at night. Yeah. And we had fun doing those kind of things. But after that was over, then parents would take the kids and go downtown to Independence, of course. Mm -hmm. And that was just a thing to do. But here I was in the band, going downtown, and one of the leading citizens of Independence owned the Cozy Corner. 
cozy corner of Independence. Yes, indeed. A a spot right that, on the you know, corner. There's on the before anybody could see it. It was always there, and nobody ever. Kind of where the Citizens Bank Drive-in is it, now. It, is that's that? where the that's yeah. where the Citizens Bank Drive-in is right, now. Right. But that was Cozy Corner. Right. And that was. And that's where you used that to. That was all white. There, huh? there no signs. Oh yes, it's all white. But that's what we had. Frosty malts. We used to get all those <laughs> things from school. You know, you got those things. I think a nickel. You know, but it was just a thing you did. However, colors did not go to Cozy Corner. Mm -hmm. That was just the style of independent politics. Yeah. Now, there's another thing. <laughs> the boy's mother said, why can't he eat Frosty Malt's here? Mm -hmm. One of the owners who ran the town it just can't happen. She said to him, quote, unquote, the hell you say. <laughs> that was her words. The hell you say. That caused a lot of uproar in the city of Independence, yeah. in the different areas of conversation. And for what reason? Nobody could... Explain the reason why. <laughs> that was the story about the Frosty Malts. Because kids were going to get Frosty Malts from elementary schools, and that's what they did. Yeah. That's what it was a big thing. The question came back, why is there a difference? <laughs> and we saw those kind of things happen. We really did. Over the years, we saw those things happen. We... we, 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 we had the superintendent of schools at that time. He called a, a, a Friday noon meeting at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and he said, We're done. everybody's going to eat in the cafeteria. Uh -huh. Well, nobody bothered to say why. <laughs> it just happened, and that was it. You know, why would it be that right? So that's where I began to laugh about some of those things, even as I speak, because that's what made people decide now, we need to look at that. Yeah. And I've seen that happen over the years, many, many different times, and I've seen it happen in Independence, that we have to stop and take a look at this. And then when, when the governor appointed me to the Civil Rights Commission through an organization here in Independence, hmm. I met the governor, Payne Ratner, I met, met him, through one of the ladies here in Independence. <laughs> She's deceased right now, but she was one of my very, very best friends. She introduced me to that style of living, and it has not stopped anything in the world today, making it such a big thing for us to be human. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I have always, I've lived with that for much of my life. Um, I've seen it happen to where at one time um, I was appointed to a committee here at Independence uh, that uh, did not allow blacks in it before, but we allowed them in there after that. Mm -hmm. I've seen that happen, and I've been a part of those things happening. On the school board, we did some things that just didn't happen in the style of education. 
<laughs> yeah, another another little pause, we, we, we pause, pause for reflection here. Uh, after coming through the schools and, and doing all yeah. that sort of stuff, you served on the independent school board for yeah. how many years? Fourteen. Well, okay. So you were continued in that. And I would like to say also that, you know, when I tell folks, you know, that, that you integrated the, the cozy corner and the, the junior high uh, cafeteria and all that sort of stuff, you know, be, well, he must have been a real rebel rouser. He must have been, you know, carrying signs and stuff like that. What it was was he was Robert Wesley. <laughs> you, you know, the, the, the seriousness of that was, I, w- I wish I could say that because I were what, everything that everybody wants to say, that would be fine, but that is not what re- really happened. I saw nothing magic about being on committees and, and being a part of the school board, for instance. There was nothing magic about that for me. It was a need that needed to be satisfied, and we did that. But it really was an eye-opener when we saw how many people it actually affected in decision-making. The first in my life that I was ever part of an executive board meeting that was non invitational for journalists and all these type of people, that was a new thing for me. Just to know that they couldn't come there. And I think one of the things that you learn is that when we're doing something that is beneficial for everybody, it just takes me back to the Martin Luther King Jr. days to say, why not? What is the big problem that you don't want to do what God has allowed you to do? What, what, what is the big problem? So it's a life-going thing, and I see that that is going to ever be. What are my thoughts about? I've had people ask me that. What are my thoughts about uh, the big thing? Human rights is, is a big thing to me. Because what are we doing changing what God's plan is? And that's where I go. You ask me, what do I think about interracial marriage? Come on, what did you think about it? What did you know about it? You know, all I know is that you were told not to. And I'm saying to you, why not? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that everybody has to do I'm not saying that. I'm simply saying that if it's a person's will and they agree, why make legislation a part of your decides? When you're going to decide against it, you, why why are you doing that? And so that's where I, and I do leave it there because I have uh, interracial things in my family that I didn't even ask them how that happened in, 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 in 100 years. I don't know why, why, how it happened, but it did happen. And so, and, and so therefore, that's where we, we draw the line, and we do draw a line there. Something that happened again in our conversation about this conversation a couple of weeks ago. Um, you, you sort of came back, as, as we were talking about each of these things, 
you sort of came back to a to a line that you used. I don't know how many times, not a, not a, you know not an embarrassing number of times, but you you would tell a story about this or about that, and you would say, "I was there." Yeah, you know <laughs> that's that's one of the things that uh, you have been all your life. Yes, you have been there. Partly because of your family, partly because of some associations, and partly because you are Robert Wesley, and by God, you're going to be there. Yeah. And yeah. If, it, if it requires a little pushing and shoving, well, then the Independence Community Swimming Pool was all white. It was all white. But it didn't stay that way, did it? No, it did not. <laughs> How did that happen? You know, well, well, you know, the interesting thing about that was that when my children were just growing up, um, their mom was on also on committees, and, and they took them to oh, Riverside Park for swimming lessons and all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And it was just so interesting because nobody ever talked about what color the kids were. They had teachers who was teaching them how to swim. Mm-hmm. Some of us never learned how to swim because we were not allowed to swim with teachers. Yeah. And so lots of people are not able to do some of those things because they were not taught how to do those things. And it's a different world that we're living in. Um, I I find out that... uh, no matter how far we get, how far reaching it is. I was in Connecticut one of our times during the Civil Rights Movement, and there was a place in Connecticut that was very, very uh, prejudiced. Hmm. And we found out that that was where so many many of the millionaires live in the state. Uh And one of the people who lived in that state where we happened to be in a civil rights movement class was Oprah Winfrey. Really? And we found that Oprah owned part of the places that we were going. And her answer to the question was, what brings that up? Her place... Her money, contributory to making that state grow, what brings that up? Dan Rather said way back there, there's no answers for answers that can't be answered. (laughs) Oprah said, that's what I'm talking about. There's no answers for answers that can't be answered. So what, again, we're, we're sort of learning a little bit in, in this interview about, well, a lot of people know uh, Robert Wesley, are lucky to know Robert Wesley, and a lot of people think highly of him. Some people don't, and some people, you know, need to learn a little bit more about him. That's why we're here. But uh, A, one of the reasons that he's Robert Wesley is I was there, <laughs> and B, he was there in a situation where he's rubbing shoulders with Oprah Winfrey, for God's sake. <laughs> and um, 
another coming together moment again that we touched on the other day. You uh, uh, did you grow up in, in the Quinn Chapel congregation? I did. I grew up in the in the Quinn Chapel uh, congregation. Quinn Chapel uh, AME African yeah, Methodist Episcopal. It's a, yeah, just a church. It's a. Uh, 130, 40 years old on Main Street in Independence. Mm -hmm. uh, my dad and his brothers and all those people helped to build that church. And um, it was a real uh, powerful thing in my youth for me to learn about what God was about. And strangely enough, none of it touched on race. Yeah. <laughs> it talked about, you know, God's power, God's love. And strangely, as we looked at those, some of those things, the only time we ever thought about race was coming from us, not from God. And... I never had a problem with those kinds of, never had those things. However, during my growing up, uh, I was blessed to be able to communicate with uh, people and families and those kind of things in my growing up days. And I just, that I became uh, a singer, which was part of my life. And I met a lots of people who did the same thing. Yeah. And so some of the things that I've been a part of in the last 65 years had been able to communicate musically with families who had a need that we could supply, not for money, not for physical persuasion, but a gift of God that I cherish as I talk to you today. It's one of the things that there's no words for. There's no explanation that I can give aside from the fact that God has allowed me in the last 65 years to be a part of families in need for the things that we can supply. I say that not boastfully, but openly. Uh, I spoke with uh, one of the people in Independence yesterday as I speak. I watched him grow up from a little boy, <laughs> and he's a, a physician in Kansas City area even as I speak. His family was one of the largest families in Independence during their times. His mother, as he gave me a hug yesterday, was a good friend of mine. And they had to force me to do some 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 song singing for them because that's what I stopped singing it ever years ago. But I didn't, and I did it because 
they were valuable to me, but it was valuable to them because their mom had suggested some of those things to them. And I say that not boastfully, but willingly, that one of the things that I've seen happen in my lifetime is that you can't buy love. You can't buy forgiveness. It's not for sale. You can't buy boasting. It's given to you. And I feel that even today, that as long as we have people who do the thing that you're doing, Jim, right now, um, to make people aware of the things going on around them. And we did that so many years on our reflection show. Okay, yeah, that's that's something that uh, I, I'm, I'm going to give you a chance. I'm going to give you a chance to, to talk reflections. But before we go there, again, we've been dealing with a lot of things that yeah. that... I was there. You were yeah. there, yeah. Uh, you know, for all for these things, you know, breaking through this barrier, getting on the school board, getting on the state civil rights board, the Human Rights Commission board, and all that sort of stuff. Um, grew up in uh, Quinn Chapel AME, and later became an agent of getting that congregation talking to the Catholic congregation. Yes, indeed. You know? Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and, and you are you are Catholic now, is that right? I am yeah, Catholic you know? now. And so, but but again, you don't leave one church and go to the other and say no. bye. You leave one church, you go to the other and say, let's get together. That's exactly what we did. <laughs> we had the priest from, from my, my uh, uh, church here that went, went to Quinn Chapel AME Church. When I first joined the Catholic Church, he went to AME Church with a homily and was very rare, rare received. Yeah. Because you know what? He told them, and I agreed, we're not talking color, we're talking God. <laughs> and so what we're doing now is the same thing, and we've done that for several years. I've been a part of St. Andrew's Church for 15 years, and I think that it's just one of the things that you need to know because I see no difference in the spirituality, and I don't, yeah. of AME Church versus St. Andrew's Catholic Church. It is not so. Right. And so, you know, a, a conversation uh, began and a warmth began between Quinn Chapel AME and St. Andrew's Catholic Church. And how did that happen? Because Robert Wesley was there. <laughs> <laughs> He's been everywhere. <laughs> um, I'm going to throw I'm going to throw a, a, a dark note in here before we kind of come to. I will give you permission to talk about our collaboration, but uh, uh, it has not all been roses, even no. for a rosy fellow like yourself. You've had your car bricked. <laughs> He's nodding. You know. Uh, one of the things that I, I don't mind relaying, uh, Jim, is that when I was doing the school uh, program, uh, from the board's point of view, 
we were doing those things during the time of the racial involvement where it was really uh, detrimental to either be on one side or another. Right. And we have reluctantly said these things before that that was not the reason that I went to the school board in the first place Mm -hmm. because I did run for the school board position and I lost. But the people that were on the school board found a way to include me (laughs) in the program because they themselves decided that it was time to stop the separation and put the things together. And so we did that. And the next time that an available time happened that the government, through a Congress act, demanded that school boards had to have seven people on it, and we found out they only had six. So it created a place for the person that ran for the board. Hmm. And and who was that person? That happened to be me. (laughs) Oh, you were there. so, So they let me do that, and with the thought in mind that I had to run for an election after two years being on the board. I ran for the school board two years later, and one of the people that's a friend of mine even today was running for the school board college side of the fence, and I was running for the school board high school side of the fence, and that person is still alive, and he and I were the top getting vote getter in Independence during that day. And who is this? Don Aiken, uh-huh. who was Independence. Yeah. Don Aiken and I ran for that same kind of position, and we talked just the day before yesterday, just a little bit. Had had a lot of fun doing that. But the point was, he was saying, "Isn't it strange how we've watched some things change?" without saying a word. And we did not say anything about what we did or what we were going to do. So that was one of the things that was one of the highlights uh, of doing things for the reason for doing it. And we do that even as we're sitting here today. I'm very, very honored to um, talk about Black History Month because that's been a history changing thing here in Independence. Uh, Over the years, it's been such a good thing. And we're seeing that happen even today. Um, I I think that uh, the Lenten season brings about some of the things that we're talking about Hmm. because um, we at one time in Independence used to have joint things happen for the Lenten season from all the churches involved, yeah. we, we did that, and we made it happen here in Independence. I'm praying that it will happen again this year. <laughs> and then as, as we sort of wrap things up a little bit here again, um, it has been my great pleasure and my great honor to get to know you quite well 
over a period of years. Uh, as I say, I, I really didn't know, didn't know you when I was living on Cement Street, you know, because I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, one day, one day, I got a call from Robert Wesley, and it was I was always glad to hear from Robert Wesley, and he asked if I would have a cup of coffee with him and talk about a project that he had in mind. And I, well, sure, you know, sure. And so we uh, went to a local establishment and had a coffee, and and he's telling me about he's, he's affiliated with uh, the people at Four County, and uh, that uh, he, he's he's thinking he would like to do a, a oh you know a, a program of, of some kind where uh, we would talk to people uh, from various parts of the community and about Four County and also about just other things that are going on in the community and uh, that uh, the Cablevision folks at the time Mike Flood and Company were fully cooperative and they were interested in doing it and uh, that he just thought that would be a, a nice thing to do. And I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, well, yeah, that, that does sound nice, you know. And then, you know, showing my incredible clumsiness, said, you know, well, you know, if, if there's anything I can do, you know. And Bob Wesley said, well, yes, you can host this program. <laughs> and thus born was a, a local cable television program called Reflections that ran for 17 yes. years yes. and uh, was, a, was a great uh, honor and pleasure for me to participate in. And the only reason I was able to participate in it was because Robert Wesley was there. <laughs> but you know, Jim, uh, one of the things that I talked to the Attorney General of Independence, who's in Topeka, I talked to him just the other day, and... I asked him if he remembered the time that I stepped into his office in Topeka and told him that I was in the chair of the Kansas Human Rights Commission, would he just visit a few minutes with them? Derek said, I'll always remember that. Derek? Yes. Derek. He said, I Schmidt. Right, Derek Schmidt. Derek, but you see, I said, you know, you're just following somebody because I had Tim Emmer do the same thing. <laughs> and I said, you know, each one of you people came from Independence, Kansas, and I think it's one of the best things that I've ever seen happen in a little community such as Montgomery County has people in it that used outside of their own talent to do things for which happens to be a universal thing. And Jim Fisher, you were the host of that kind of situation. They remember that well. And I think that's to be remembered because I think that we've talked to so many different people, different areas, different things that people were doing. We watched them grow up. We watched them do things here in Independence along with the other things. And that has been one of the most highlights that I've ever had in my 89 years. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm just grateful that um, you were still been able to do what you do 
in the manner that you do it. And I think that when you're talking to someone here, like myself, who is not college material, but a member of the same right of thinking that you are part of, I think that I couldn't beat that. And so Independence is really blessed, they really are, to see that you hosted a show, which Mike Flood just told me again the other day, that he laughs about it because he said he didn't know how it happened himself. <laughs> and, 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 but he, he honored us by doing, through Cablevision, mm -hmm. what had never been happening before. And we did that for 17 plus years. Fort County will always think about that, no matter what. Uh, and I, I uh, heard just from my wife today that one of the people that was a part of Fort County, that was a part of Independence, and a part of the program that I was a part of at Fort County, who was deceased as of one week ago today, I guess. But they've been a part of our lives in making what Independence, I say, is one of the best up-to-date programs of human beings that's ever happened in Independence. Jim Fisher, you have made some of those things happen, and there's no, no doubt in my mind about that. And it's not, not and I'm trying not to say that we paid you, we didn't. <laughs> we, you know, we, 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 we were gifted to have you do that. And I still say that's one of the best things that I've ever had happen in my years to do things for a community that we both loved and reminded ourselves that we were making it happen. That went from no race to all races. And I think that that's one of the best things that's ever happened for me. I, I still run into people that the grocery store, you know, who will say, you know, that, that program, you know, that, you know. <laughs> and uh, again, from our conversation here, uh, I can kind of close this out on on a thematic statement. You know, how did I uh, get involved in that thing and stay involved with it for 17 years? Because Bob Wesley was there. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Wesley, sir, we thank you so, so much for being thank here you. with us on this conversation. Enjoyed the heck out of it, man. Thank you, Jim. You bet. Not only, and I have to add something. I didn't get to talk during this interview, but um, not only were you there, but you said, why not? And it was just, it, it happened. And um, I also have to say, you're one of the people, you and Jim, I, I admire the heck out of both of you. Um, She's got no taste. Uh, I have good taste, yes. <laughs> but um, I admire and respect both of you tremendously. And I thank you so much for being here today. It means a lot. Thank you for asking me. Because I really it's appreciate been, it. It's been, um, been a real pleasure for me. Um, We've seen so many good things happen. And um, one of the things that I think is sort of overlooked is it takes all kind of people to make these things work. Mm -hmm. And unless you have those people to do that, nothing ever happens. 
And I think that the thing's happening right here at the Independence Library oh. is something that we don't talk about too much sometimes. But it's the thing that they always call from the chamber, and I was a member of the chamber for years, how we use this kind of a thing to make independence a part of what's going on. And that's where we are. Mm -hmm. That's where we are right now. Where do we need to go in the future? I think what we can continue to do is understand that although that everybody doesn't uh, doesn't want to be the first of doing things or the person responsible for doing things. Everybody wants to see something happen in independence. Mm -hmm. They really do. And I think that I'm one of those people that I want to see some things happen here in independence. And it's been my pleasure to be a part of some of the things that we have seen happen in independence. And we've done that. Mm -hmm. You know, we have, uh, I, I just found out uh, from uh, April, just the other day, that uh, our newly uh, designated park has been used by several different organizations in the last That's the few, Robert Wesley Park you're talking about? The Robert yeah, Wesley Park. Thought, yeah. That we have really, it's really been very useful. The band is going to be a part of that park uh, in, in coming months. Yeah. Because it's a good place to do uh -huh. it. And the, the residents of Pinterest are just tickled to death over some of the things that's going on for them there. And I think that that's another one of the things that we have been a part of. And seeing it happen, it is a good thing because it's people who have, have some of them have nobody. Right. We have a couple of residents in, at Pinterest right now that's 105 years old. Yeah. Wow. You know, yeah. so. Uh, let's just see how those things come out mm -hmm. and see what they're doing for us here. And so that's another one of the programs that we've been a part of that's really been a good thing for independence. What can I do personally? How can I help? What can I do? I think what you're doing right now is what, <laughs> is what makes it work. Long Macy Wave, yes. I think that's what this makes is, it work. This is a busy woman. I know it is. That's <laughs> what makes crazy. it work. That's what makes it work. I just um, I could, can't say that enough because you know I've, I've heard in the past few years we've had all these controversies um, talking about the library. Listen, we all know that this is what makes the town grow is because of things just like this. Just like, the, you know, when, when um, one of my very best friends that I met through KU was here for so many different celebrations that we had, he told me then that being at the University of Kansas, 
He said, the only way that that continues to work, and he said of himself, because I continue to write, and that was Jacob V. Gordon, one of the best people that I've ever, ever met, he and his wife and family. They have done so many good things. And I even have some of the people who are right now at KU that's doing some of the same things. So you're doing everything in independence that needs to be done. And I'm thinking that we need to continue to thank you for your willingness to do what you're doing because that's what makes this thing work. Well, the library is for everyone. The library is a people place, and it's all about yes. people. Yes. Not yeah. black, not no, white, no. not yes. Hispanic, but the people. Really? Yeah. Really. You got here just a little bit after me. You know, you were waiting in yeah. your car out there. Yeah. And I was surprised, you know, that they had a crowd waiting for the place to open. Yeah, I looked at that. I looked at that. I looked at that while ago. That's bizarre. It, it really is. It really is. And, and and think about what that is. We have folks waiting almost every day. That's just amazing. That's just remarkable. 250 to 350 people every day. Wowzers. You see, that that's unbelievable. Oh, it is. And, and I don't know that there's another business in town that has that many people. <laughs> I, I doubt. I doubt. Well, that. you got some. You got more rooms than a lot of places. Well, that's so. true. <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you one thing that I I, I compliment Steve McBride. Uh, for being a part of so many things that goes on right I like that mm -hmm. and I can go back to different things that we have done over the years uh, I told Steve just oh, a few weeks ago I said you know what I can remember when you were a little boy <laughs> and I said your mom came to me and said I've got to do something about crisis, pregnancy, etc. Mm -hmm. And I said, my wife and I joined her and started that CP sit right over there. Uh -huh. That's where it came from. And I said, you know, I told her, I said, yeah, you guys do a lot of things that draw us into things, but the point is, it's still lasting. Yes. It's still helping somebody. Mm -hmm. Look how many lives you've changed. Wow. And that's a, that's a big thing. Mm -hmm. I think it's really, I really do. I think we've see, seen some, so many good things that I, I can continue to compl compliment you on that because that's, that's worthwhile. Well, <laughs> and it was kind of interesting just to see the people standing outside uh -huh. <laughs> to come in here. And I think that's another one of the things that we see. Well, I have to thank you, Mr. Wesley and Mr. Thank Fisher, you for, for, asking for coming us. today. 